All right. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek. And witty. let me tell you, we have got ourselves a treat today with a dude who's become has has recently become one of my good, good buddies. We're texting on a regular basis about some epic things that we've got in store for this community right here, the King's Council. So as you're listening, I want you guys to I was going to say, like, stand up, get a round of applause. For Mr. Josh Latimer. What's up, brother? What's up? What's up? What's up, King's Council community? Christian entrepreneurs everywhere. And Mr. Riley Meek. Thanks for having me on, my friend. Yeah, man. I feel like I'm talking to like a live audience, but we're just recording. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the internet, is, it's its a form of leverage. Imagine the year 17 yeah. and you have a mission in your heart and you want to change the world. How much harder it would have been back then. Yes. Uh, the opportunity we take for granted, which is not good. Yes. So true, man. I think today in today's age, like we there's so many freaking excuses on the earth that we hear. But at the end of the day, like there's so much knowledge, there's so much experience, so much expertise just available. The There's we have no excuse to not be experts in whatever field it is that we want to figure out. Right. Or at least be able to find the expert at the freaking click of our fingertips. So, so there's times where I'm like, I wish I lived in seventeen hundred, like you said. Like, I feel like it would just be easier, but they had their own crap back then too. Right. We just, it's a new, new, different time, different period. Yeah. We got our own yeah. crap. They died at 36 by snake bites <laughs> and other things. But I think, yeah. I think the reasons a lot of foreigners move to the United States and become multimillionaires is because they see what the West has in terms of opportunity. But when you're born, yeah. into it, there's a laziness and a sleepiness that comes with taking it for granted, like anything else, it's actually called the law of familiarity. So when you get a brand new car, you don't let your kids eat French fries in it. And you're a psychopath about your new car. And you're like, don't right. my new car because it's novel, because it's new. Right. I think foreigners look at, at the, the U.S. as, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, because they're surrounded by oppression and lack of opportunity. Mm. See our thing as this new opportunity. When you're born into it, you, you treat it poorly because you take it for right. granted why it's easier sometimes to be nice to a stranger than it is to our own family sometimes that's so interesting even i mean just look at america today like what you're even saying those that really cherish it and love it like the land of the free and then you see a bunch of spoiled little brats that aren't really appreciating what they have Right. I think as as members of, of, well, the King's Council community, kingdom entrepreneurs, I know I've said this in the past, man, and I, I know that you're on board with this, but we have it's so crazy that God has chosen us right here, right now, today. The time recording this is 2023. Right. So it's like today we were put on this earth, hand selected by God himself for us to be here for, for such a time as this. Right. And so I think there's such a movement in the King kingdom or within the King's council, within the community of entrepreneurs that we live in America and not every place on planet earth has the ability to create wealth. Like we do the opportunity that we have is, is unlike any other on planet earth. If we live in this country, even if you don't live in this country and you're still listening to this podcast, somehow, some way you've got it. You have every opportunity to create wealth. You just got to surround yourself with the right people that that know how to do a, a skill set that maybe have gone a little bit before you. And that's why I just I love this movement in this this community that we're building here. And now, man, that you've really come alongside with us to take us to that next level, man. 
Well, I, I believe God made us to make stuff and created us to create stuff. The Bible says that to whom much is given, much is required. And that includes being born right now, because before yes. the stations of the world, God prepared good works for us. That means you right now in this place. And, and we have to remember the parable of the talents. One thing that's interesting about that story to me, you know, I'm like eating popcorn, like reading the Bible, <laughs> parable of the talents. And, and it gets to the part where it's like the one guy, he gets like, you know, three talents and he, and he and he does a good job and they're like okay good job wait well done and another guy has one and he he does a good job and then the last guy he hid his right yeah and you think the guy'd be like come on man you didn't at least you know get interest you know come on pull yourself together that's not what happens though like the the reaction of 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 the rich man is like cast him with the unbelievers into outer darkness it's like whoa like right I, by the way, the guy didn't steal the talent. He didn't steal the guy's money. He just didn't grow what was put in his hand. And in the in it's crazy. Right? It reminds me of Jesus when he cru- cursed the fig tree because it didn't produce fruit. I mean, it's, it, on the one hand, it feels like this gross overreaction, but on the other hand, God is telling us how He views it when we don't produce what we're supposed to produce. If you were born in this country, I don't care if you had a bad childhood. I don't care if your high school guidance counselor told you you would amount to nothing. I don't care if kids picked on you and they stole your lunch money in front of your girlfriend. Like you have a moral obligation to grow and expand in all areas of your life. And if you're attracted to podcasts like this, even a little bit, it's because you have an entrepreneurial calling on your life. And that doesn't mean that you sit around and read 400 books and keep consuming endless content like this. It means you go do stuff. You don't pray about stuff for 10 years and take no action. You have to multiply what's in your hand. You don't compare yourself to me. You don't compare yourself to anybody. You compare yourself to what God put in your hand and trying to expand and multiply that. And I think Christians like to not take action. I think they use their faith, faith as this yeah. veneer, is this veneer. It's really fear, but they pretend like they're being pious and they're being they're being holy by overly praying about what to do with their business when the reality is, is they're scared to look stupid. They're scared to make a mistake. They're scared to lose what they have, which is why yeah. they hit the thing under the ground. And that's the opposite of what kingdom entrepreneurs should be doing. Dude, so, oh man, we are on the, we are of the same opinion, man. That's so good. So good. Because I mean, it literally... It says he he kicked him out and he said where, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Like it's like, oh my gosh, like he wicked and lazy servant. It's just like so gnarly that I, I when I think of that, it's like, all right, God, what I don't want to be lazy, but I don't want it to I don't want it to go to the extreme of like a works mentality type faith, right? We first off, we know we have been saved by grace through faith, but it clearly says the Bible clearly says that we have been saved for good works. And too many of us are, are just, are, we're not doing the good works. Faith without works, right, is completely dead. So there's roughly, I mean, we could say there's no faith at all unless you are actually doing. And we're on such the same page, man, where it's like I, so many Christians that are like, I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting. On, I'm just waiting on God. Give me that sign. Meanwhile, there's like 14 signs telling you that you're broke and you need to get your freaking butt to work. <laughs> but we just we think that, we, you know, we don't want to we don't want to be greedy. We don't want to be, you know, too much. I just need enough for me, God. I'm not greedy. I just need enough for me. You ever hear that, man? Myron Golden calls it Mount Just Enough and Mount More Than Enough. But I, mm. I actually think the real greed is staying on Mount Just Enough. I think not growing experience using yes. more is literally the highest form of selfishness you could possibly have. That's why a few minutes ago I said it's your moral obligation. Okay. This isn't about salvation. 
it's the biggest cop out ever when I talk to Christians are like, well, it's not by works. It's by, well, first of all, we're saved by grace, but that's step one. Like that, that, like if we're mature, even a little bit, that that's already a lock, right? Jesus right. did. That's why the crowns are the, that people earn when they're in heaven, they take it off. They throw it back at the feet of Christ in the book of revelation. Cause mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he does all of it, not us. But when you use that as an excuse, you, you, it's, it's almost like you get married and you think the wedding is the marriage. You think that the event of salvation means I did it. There's nothing else to do. Right. Well, you still have a pulse. You're still in your, in your dirt body meat suit on earth and there's stuff to do. So go do the stuff and stop being a coward. That doesn't mean we're talking about salvation, but it, I, I can and promise you there's going to be a lot of people that regret not being more bold, right? The young mm-hmm. kids, they had this saying a few years ago, said YOLO, right? It's this thing, right. you only live once, right? We need to flip that to YODO, which is you only die once, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've never liked Joel Olstein's book title. It says you live your best life now. Because first of all, I wonder how that's working out for like North Korean Christians in the underground church. But right. it's not about the life right now. It's about expanding and multiplying and growing. It's about doing the best we can, going down swinging. God loves someone that has a heart after him who's trying to do stuff. The guy yes. David wasn't trying to get saved by doing stuff. David was trying to conquer because that was his. That's what he was designed to do. He was a king he, before the foundations of the world. We all have a version of that in front of us. And for some people, it's making money. Some people, it's building orphanages. Whatever it is you're doing, go for it all the way because there's no yes. reason. Yes, man. Yes, hundred percent, dude. And. I- let's dive into this even a little bit. You said for some, it's, it's making money. Some for, for some it's building orphanages. Let's, let's also boil this down. Cause I think you do a great job at this because whether you want to make money to, you know, go on a trip or provide well for your family, which you should, you are called to provide well for your family. All right. But also to, to build orphanages that requires a freaking lot of money to make something like that happen. Right. And, and, and this is where, again, the mentality I think of most Christians is that, you know, we're going to go around and beg for people or even missionaries like, man, wouldn't it be incredible to be a missionary that actually has a business that allows them to be full time to build orphanages, not going around and begging and hoping and and that someone's going to give like that still to me. Here's, here's what, what I think. And I'd love your opinion on this, man. I think so many Christians because we're called to, you can't serve both God and money, right? You can't serve it. Bible, Bible tells us that, which I, I fully believe. But how do I know who I'm serving in that, in any decision that I make? Because if we boil down 99% of all decisions that we make on a regular basis in some fashion comes down to money. There's money involved with it. There's a power that, that is associated, the spirit of mammon that, that is associated with money. Okay. And, and how the only way that I've really determined how I can dictate who's, who's helping me make this decision is asking myself that exact question. Is it God or is it money that I can go get more of? Or what I think a lot of people, even, even the Dave Ramseyites, Dave Ramsey, God bless him, but I think he's done the a disservice and hear me on this. I think he has done more of a disservice to the Christian community mindset than he has helped, right? Because he, his main focus is debt. And I think so many Christians are serving money in their poverty, 
I'm going to say that again. They are serving money in their poverty versus operating in the God-given authority, the, the creator of, of all things, who owns a, a, a cattle on a thousand hills, the abundant father that we actually per, that we get to serve. He wants to provide these things to us, but he needs kingdom entrepreneurs that aren't blocked by this, this mindset that the enemy has done from the beginning of time. God, here's the thing, guys, the enemy cannot block your blessing. The enemy cannot do that. But what he can do is get in your brain and twist it and create you to allow you make you block your own blessing. And if we can unpack that thing and break down these mindsets that the enemy has and will continue to come and warp our brains as kingdom entrepreneurs. And when we stand up and say, no, 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 not today, Satan, not anymore. No longer am I going to allow that to take place. And I'm going to operate in this authority so I can serve God. But I do know that we still live in a physical, tangible world that that money has a lot of power in here. but I got to go get it in order for me to build those orphanages. I got to go figure out how to be creative, how to, how to provide tremendous value to the marketplace so we can bring the riches back into the kingdom, the kingdom economy, so we can continue to take territory on this earth right here, right now. And I believe, man, I know you believe this too. We got to do this with a sense of urgency. There's a sense of urgency like no other right now that I know God is calling for, for kingdom entrepreneurs to, to stand up and say, hey, let's go to battle. Let's go to battle. Let's get back in the game and let's take the territory that was once ours and no longer are we going to let the enemy. The gates of hell ain't going to prevail against us. That's already been told. So let's freaking get in the game. Why aren't we getting in the game, Josh? Let's go, man. <laughs> Can you repeat everything you just said about passion at this time? Can you do it with actual? No. <laughs> I mean, you're just dropping bombs, man. Truth. If people people are either going to be inspired by this or they're going to be angered by it. And if they're right. angered by what you just said, they need Call to- Call Dave Ramsey if you're angry by it. <laughs> check no, I think there's a lot of truth in the idea that um, not- going for it financially is a form of worshiping mammon. Okay. So, yes. so in the business world, Ooh, I, market, I, yes. have, I have a marketing background and there's one thing that any good marketer understands is that people are more driven by avoiding loss than they are at the pursuit of pleasure. Okay. So what that means is, is that if, if I had a gun to your head metaphorically and I said, Hey, you have to make a thousand dollars today, or, you know, your family will be killed or something. Yeah you rather sell pain painkillers or would you rather sell vitamins to people on the street? And, and of course, this is a crazy dark metaphor, but I want you to not miss the point here. The, the point is that people would buy painkillers before they buy vitamins, right? The, the same thing can be said about avoiding loss of, of our money. It's a painkiller. We, we want to avoid pain more than we want to pursue greatness, right? And so what does that tell you about the Christian who's small thinking? They put a bumper sticker on their car that has a little Christian fish and they think that somehow, you know, that's some sort of magic potion or something. Right. Right. Their business will work. When the reality is you have to do lots of hard things. You have to stack together mindset, skill sets in your network. You have to go deep. You have to do hard things. Like it says on my screen here, it's one of our family slogans to crush it. When I do workshops too, I'm reminded of a Zig Ziglar quote. He said that, Money isn't everything, but it's very similar to air. Yep. And when you don't have enough of it, it's the only thing you can think about. You've heard that, right? Oh, yeah. So, so life isn't about breathing air. 
Okay. But it has to exist for you to live life abundantly. Correct. Like correct. you can only breathe at 15% of your potential. Could you live a full life the same way you could if you're at hundred percent potential? The answer is absolutely not. Mm. Same is true with money. Money is like, it's, it's, it greases the wheels of the possibilities. It keeps things moving. And, uh, it's so good. Another people, if they're listening to this, just because I've worked with a lot of people over many years, people get very paranoid that they're worshiping money. And, and so what happens here, here's the first thing I want you to understand is the bad father is not paranoid that he's going to be a bad dad. Okay. And the person who's constantly paranoid that they're going to accidentally start worshiping money. You're not the person that's going to start worshiping money. We can make mistakes. That's why we're covered by grace. Thank God. My spiritual gift is being a good repenter. Can I get an amen? I don't remember every spot of every verse and all this stuff. I don't go online and argue with other Christians to impress people with my Bible knowledge. I'm too busy building stuff. I'm too busy honoring God through the work of my hands the best that I can. And the Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Most yeah. can barely take care of themselves, let alone their children, let alone their children's children. So are you worshiping mammon by 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 crushing it, by expanding into what God made you to be? Is that worshiping mammon? Are you sitting around trying to find every Bible verse that justifies your own fear? Which, because you not taking action, is it you being holy? It's you having this sophisticated form of procrastination because of your fear of loss. Just like how it's easier to sell painkillers than vitamins. I don't know. Hopefully that made sense. Good. Dude, that's that. No, that's really, really good. I love that analogy of vitamins and painkillers because that's just, I mean, you can just, you can just see that in, in all, I mean, dude, look at the pharmaceutical industry versus just people striving to be healthy, right? It's people trying not to die, right? Versus actually thriving. Want to escape. And I totally get it. And I want to escape too. And I do escape sometimes. I turn, I check out. You know, I'm a human. My brain shuts off. I repent for it and get back going. But reality, we should for a period of time. I mean, this is, you know, I've written this book on on the seven days of creation and specifically seven days. Really, there's only six days that God actually created before he said that was very freaking good. Right. And but then the seventh day he created for man. Clearly, it wasn't that God was tired or he needed to rest, right? He's God. (laughs) He's not like, oh, man, that was a rough six days. Let's take a break now and, and, you know, watch some football, have some beers, right? Well, no, no, no. He created it for us. And so I think it's important to know that it is it is good. We do want to crush. We want to do hard things. But. The human body is, it is limited. Our minds do need a break. Bro, I was on with, with Christian Edwards yesterday on the, on the phone. You guys all know who Christian is. I talked to him earlier in the day. He won't mind me saying this. I talked to him earlier in the day. He told me like all this epic stuff that's going on with AFN. And, and, and I was like, dude, that's amazing. Went through the, we got off like four hours later. I'm, I'm back again. You could tell he just been like call after call after call. I, I hopped on the phone with him again. He proceeded to tell me the exact same story. I go, bro, you, you told me this. He goes, oh my God, I did, didn't I? He's like, man, it's just been a long week. I was like, you need, you need to rest. You need to just go home and put your brain on pause for a period of time because dude, it, we can burn out. We can absolutely burn out as entrepreneurs. So while we do say crush, 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 it's important to take that time, but we rest so we can crush. 
right? We, we don't crush. Here's the thing where a lot of people work for the weekend, right? No, no, no. We, we take that weekend. So we get back to work, right? It's, it's a mindset shift or just a different philosophy of, of why we, why we want to rest, not we work so we can have the weekend or work for 40 years hope, and, you know, think we're going to retire. And then ultimately statistically people die like within 18 months. I mean, it's crazy, crazy. And I think culture has a lot to do with that, man. I just wish, I wish I believe that the core problem with Christian business owners was that they, they're not resting enough. I think there's a difference between rest and escapism and everything Mm. that's true. We need to rest. But what I see when I meet people, when I'm coaching, mentoring and guiding people, um, it's not, it's not that they're out there going for it and they need to rest. That's rare. Those are the people that, that fund all of the kingdom stuff, right? That's a good problem to have. It's like, hey, man, slow down, rest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks for the reminder. That's not the problem I see. The problem I see is that they want to watch doom porn videos about how the world's ending and they get paralyzed and do nothing. They want to sit around and, and read 17 books about the Bible instead of talking and praying to God while they're building their company. They We do all these... I, I basically say that adults are the same as middle schoolers are just better liars. And Christians fall into this category too. They're sophisticated procrastinators. We make up stories and tell, make excuses to not do the thing we're supposed to do. How many people sit on YouTube, they're perpetual consumers of content and they're not producers of anything. How mm. full can your cup get before you got to pour back out of your cup? You have to take intelligent risk. At some point, you got to go for it. And some people are, and those are my people and high five and let's lock arms together. But there's also people that don't need that extra 37th business book before they go execute the thing they know they're supposed to do. They're just scared. They're just yes. scared. So, yes. so even consuming Christian content can be a form of escapism. You're putting your head in the sand. You're trying to pretend like you're busy, but you're busy doing nothing. If you, A lot of people already know what they need to do. They're just not doing it. You know, I have five kids. I have a dad bod, okay? Not super fit, okay? I'm not jacked like Mr. Riley over there. Next to a guy named Alex Ramosi, who's blown up on the internet this last year. I'm sitting at breakfast with him five years ago, and I'm eating a waffle, and I'm pouring syrup on the waffle, and I'm looking at him. He's eating this veggie veggie omelet, right? And I'm like, hey, Alex, uh, you got any, like, workout tips for me, man? You know what he told me? He turns to me, and he goes, Josh, do you really need me to tell you? Or do you already know, but you're just not doing it? And of course, it was like an emotional, tactical nuke to my ego, right? And he's a great guy, super nice guy. But I got about this big. And I (laughs) say that same thing back to whoever's listening to this. Do you really need another quote? Do you really need another gold nugget? Or do you already know what your next step is, but you're just not doing it? Um, I think that's bomb. That is. Bomb. That was a bomb. <laughs> it needs to be said, man. We look, it's our honor to participate in what God's going to do without us anyway. Like, God, yes. you know, God won't do our part and we can't do God's part and all that stuff, all that Christianese that we say. Um, but when you think about it, you know, you, you have a chance, you have a window of time. There's a, there's, there's, a, there's a time horizon available to, <laughs> to do stuff to do it as under the Lord. And that involves money things, business things. Maybe the reason some of you need to expand your company is to, is to scale the impact and mentorship you have with your employees. Maybe it's not particularly about the money and revenue for you, but you have a father's heart and you're going to mentor people. And the clue to know if that's you is if you're already doing that right now. Well, let's do it 
five times more than we're doing it now. Let's do it eight times more than we're doing it now. Um, not That's everything. good. It's like air. You have to have money. When I do workshops, what I'll do is I'll ask the room, what do you want? And Christians get very uncomfortable with this question. And they're usually better at telling me what they don't want. When, if I directly ask you, what do you want? People say things like, well, I don't want to struggle anymore. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, or, you know, have debt anymore. They say things like this. And after I work the room for a minute, I can get them to say, well, I'd like a second home because I've been married 35 years and we don't really spend that much time together. It'd be really cool to go, you know, to the cabin on the weekend. Okay. And they like feel guilty for saying that. It's hilarious to me. And then they say, well, I want to pay, you know, cash for my kid's education, which by the way, don't sell them, send them to university, give them a business loan, but I digress. Right. <laughs> they say, I want to build an orphanage. I want to travel more. I want to give back. I want to be debt free. And every single thing, every single person says that they want is only one thing. And it's more money because money is the thing that you need to do all of the things. You can't want to be generous and not have any means unless you're a socialist, right? And then you can be generous with other people's money, but that's yeah, right. Fact, right. <laughs> <laughs> so be generous with your own money. Um, so I, I just think that's interesting, right? That people have a hard time admitting what they want. And then when they do admit what they want, they say it with this weird, shameful feeling, which comes from religious programming and false beliefs about money. And then, of course, I reveal to them that every single thing every single person said was money. Can we just get the elephant in the room and admit you want to have more money because you're going to use it to do these different things? Why does the Bible say to leave an inheritance for your children's children if you're right. money? It doesn't even make sense. It's irrational. It's insane. Yes, it is. It literally is insane. And again, this is where I think... Hey guys, if you're digging this content and you'd like to be a part of our community of kingdom entrepreneurs, then text the word KING to 727-472-3860. We host virtual and in-person get-togethers with the focus of building community to advance the kingdom through wealth creation and financial stewardship. So if you're looking for this type of tribe and the resources to do so, then step into your true calling by texting the word KING to 727-472-3860. What the enemy has done from the beginning of time is infiltrating our brain, actually literally using scripture. Even when he was, when he was tempting Jesus, like he, he was twisting scripture to Jesus. Like the dude knows scripture, but how, how did Jesus actually respond to him? He was re-quoting it correctly. And so... We, we can, you know, I think what's happened over the last culturally, everything over the last 100, 150 years, we live in this bubble of like, this is what's going on today in this world. But I love to literally just think back, step out and go, okay, what was it like in 1800? What was it like in 1700 as we, when we started out this podcast? Like what, what, what was it like back then? And even putting ourselves in, there's not, there's, there's not a whole lot new under the sun, right? The, the crap the, the, that, that we see today, it's everything's been cyclical, right? It's, it's in it, everything that is, it's continued to be cyclical. And we're like, we're swinging the huge end of the, the pendulum here right now. Cause I remember, I remember when I was little, it, my parents were like, man, it's, it's, you know, it's just getting worse. It's got to be the end soon. Right. Like, and now it's like, think of where we've come over the last 25 years. It's like, Dear God, can it get any crazier or worse than right now? And I'm telling you, they had the same feeling 
at some point in the 1700s, at some point in the 1600s. And I use that man as like motivation for me because as Christians, it's like, it's easy for us to get down. And then that's where back to what I was, how I started this out, like, and the enemy infiltrates our brain. And now we start to go down this doom and gloom rabbit hole of of like, what's the point? Like, it's just, it's just, what's the point? Right. And I, I, I struggle with this at times in my life. Right. I, I like to pride myself on being the hardest worker in every room that I step into. But there's still times if I'm real, like our mindsets are it's the only thing that the enemy is going to come after. And it's so important that we're guarding that. And it is great to listen to these things. But at the end of the day, you don't learn to ride a bike in a seminar. Right. <laughs> you eventually, you got to get on the freaking bike and get to work. You can read the Bible. You can listen to these podcasts all you want. Right. And it's, it's mental, dare I say mental masturbation on this, this podcast. I apologize if any listeners don't like that, but it is the the reality of the situation. You've got to actually get on the freaking bike and start to fall down, start to break things and then, and then learn. There's no such thing as failure. If you keep getting up, Okay. The only reason that you would fail is if you stop or you quit too soon. And that's the, you get feedback every single time. Like, man, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have did that. Or I, I, Hey, I learned my lesson on that. Now I can reapply. And as entrepreneurs, like that's what this game is. If you can gamify this thing, man, which is that, I think that's what's helped me a lot of understanding the mindset. Okay. One of the greatest things that when I first started in sales, one of my very first mentors looked me right in the eye and he said, Riley, 85% of this profession is negative. 85% of this is negative. And he said, if you can focus on the 15%, I promise you, you'll make six figures this year. I was 19 at the time. So I'm like, Okay. So I just mentally, I'm like, all right, if you give me a hundred leads or a hundred phone calls or a hundred, whatever, 85 of them are going to suck. Am I cool with just focusing on the 15? If I, if I can just not let any of that 80, those 85 negative situations be a problem. If I can focus on those 15, you're telling me I'm going to make six figures this year at, in, at 19. I mean, that was a lot of money back in like, Oh three. Right. But that was like, that's, I was like, I'm, I'm in and I did it. I focused on what I needed to but I, I did it because I had a mentor that told me, had I not known that and I went out my first 85 no's, I'd have been like, this thing doesn't work. I would, I would, and I would have probably gone to the, to the death of me to, to in saying that. But I looked to somebody else that had more experience, more knowledge, more expertise, more wisdom because they had already gone through the 85 and they knew there was a process. There was a system in place that actually could work. And I think that's been a huge testament to my life, man. And I, I know this is why. And for those of you guys that don't know, Josh Latimer has, he has coached thousands of entrepreneurs, thousands, okay? Multiples of thousands of entrepreneurs. He's created over a hundred of, over 100 of them have made over a million dollars since, since working with Josh Latimer. So this dude gets it. He knows these systems and processes in place, but it didn't start that way for you, man. Did you have some mentorship in your life? Like, how did you kind of get into this and understanding how to do business and how to do it as a kingdom entrepreneur? Well, the first step is to make sure you have access to a trust fund with a hundred million dollars. And uh, <laughs> luckily for me, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we, uh, 
my family was not entrepreneurial, good people, hard workers. They love me, middle class. Um, but I knew at a young age, I was called to do business stuff. I don't think everybody is. I think that's perfectly acceptable. I'm, I'm certain that the person feeding the orphans in the jungle, getting bit by mosquitoes goes way ahead of the line of someone like me that would pay to build the walls of the orphanage. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Very clear, but we all have a different role to play. I also think what you were saying a second ago, there's a lot of Christians, like we said a few minutes ago, that it's a form of selfishness to not go for it. And you think that you're being prudent or that you're being thoughtful and prayerful. No, you're you're paralyzed by fear and you're being selfish. The other thing that you just addressed in terms of sales and having a low batting average, you know, Hall of Fame baseball players only get on base three out of 10 times, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a major ego problem. People are not willing to be bad at stuff so they can eventually be good at stuff so they don't do it at all. And it's if we're honest, it's ego, it's pride, it's evil, it's wicked. Why would you do mm-hmm. that? You're not allowed to be good at stuff the first time you do it. Like, how, <laughs> who do you think you are? Why do you think that's supposed to be true for you? I have a friend named Ray Higdon. Ray recently got radically saved and he's talking. Yeah, bro, I saw that. I didn't know you're friends with Ray. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. And uh, Ray has went live on Facebook every day for 11 years. He's never missed a day. He's never missed a day. Uh-huh. So, so, you know, I, I give a presentation sometimes called success derivatives. And basically the idea is everybody's obsessed with money. How do I get money? How do I get money? And by the way, if if you think entrepreneurs are obsessed with money, you you should you should <laughs> you should look at employees, right? They sit around saying money isn't everything, then they go work 50 hours a week to get it. It's a complete contradiction. It makes no yes. sense. But anyway, Ray, he doesn't try to get money. He's consistent, he's confident, he has clarity, and he has the right community, right? Those are the four things we need. If if your confidence goes up through volume of repetition, okay, and you're consistent, like Riley was talking to all 100 people, not stopping after 85, and you do that for an extended time horizon. If you're clear what your mission, mandate, purpose, and destiny is for your life, and you're surrounded by people that think like that too, you're like a wrecking ball to the to the kingdom of darkness. You can't be stopped. You can you can have a setback. You can get a metaphorical flat tire. You can make a mistake, but boy, you're 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 just going to ruin things for the enemy, and it's awesome. But Christians pretending to be holy and righteous and pious, sit around paralyzed by fear, saying everyone else is worshiping mammon when really you are because you don't want to let go and make that one investment in your own education or make that one investment to start that business in faith, right? That's you. That's you doing the thing that you say other people are doing. And you have an ego problem because you're not willing to go be bad at it. You don't want to look stupid on camera. You don't want to get told no. You you go work all that out. Okay, because God's going to do what he's going to do with or without you. But I would love if you did work it out so you can come participate with the rest of us on what God's going to do despite us. So good. So good, man. And one thing that you said, I've kind of I've dove into this a little bit in scripture of just trying to determine like thinking of all the people, the, the righteous people throughout the Bible that obviously were a bunch of turds at some point, too. Right. Like, you know. David is like freaking train wreck most of the time. Right. But he did some epic things and you can look at every single person throughout the Bible and doing that. And and my, one of the thoughts that I've had, and when I've, when I've first off gave my life to Christ at the age of 16, went on a train wreck of a, of a period of time, 
until about three years ago, man, when, when I, I realized like, holy cow, there's way more to life than what I'm doing. Yes. I was making a ton of money. Okay. And still am, but, but I've, I've understood now the difference between looking at, at Jesus as my savior and Jesus as my Lord. And, and this was the radical shift for me as, as a Christian. And this is where I think a lot of Christians, they think they they're, they're getting into heaven, right? They, which who knows? And in, in my opinion, anyways, who knows? Okay. Are they getting saved? I don't know. Okay. But I hope so. Right. But I, but here's the deal. You mentioned the crowns on the head. Like I, I want to live this life in such submission to my creator that when the time comes, I hear no, nothing else other than well done, good and faithful servant. It's like the, 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 the literally that's what the blood that flows through my veins on a daily basis. That's the only reason why I get up. It's like, I want, to, I, I have to run this thing well. And it can be overwhelming at times, but I think back through, through, I look through scripture and I'm like, man, was there a time did I even think of like, you know, there's a lot of talk about Abraham and there's just a brief mention of like his father in scripture. And it's like, I don't even remember what his name was now. Somebody, somebody will shoot shoot me a DM and tell me what his name was, but it's just a brief message. Like they traveled East. And then it says that they settled in, they were heading towards Canaan and they settled somewhere. Again, I, I have to look this up. I'll, I'll be more prepared for next podcast. But, but what hit me was like, man, could his father actually been the, the one that God wanted to use. Right. But then all of a sudden it's like, bam, just that now there's Abraham on the scene. Was there, was it specific? Like, why did he settle? Did is, why did his dad settle? It, it, it doesn't tell us why, but this was the question that I've gotten. Like, man, are there times that in, in some of you even listening to this thing, is there a time like God wanted to use you? Okay. And, and I know some of you have been prompted. I, there's many times in my life when I look back and where I felt like a conviction almost, or like a sense, a drawing, a pull of when I should have did something, I should have said something, I should have taken action, but my pride and my ego and my what if, or I, I don't want to look bad, or I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. And I didn't do it. And God's going to, he can move on. He can choose the next person, right? Because at the end of the day, he doesn't need us. His mission is going to be fulfilled at some point. And, and he's the alpha, the omega, his mission is going to be fulfilled, but we have to make the choice of like, am I just going to sit on the sidelines, sit back and watch, be a spectator in this game of life? Or am I going to check myself in and actually play the game? Because I want to be the one, I don't care what I look like, what I, if I, if somebody gets mad at me or if I look like a fool or Maybe it was even the wrong thing. Maybe I felt that the Holy Spirit was prompting me, but it turns out that wasn't Holy Spirit. I just had some bad chili the night before, right? Maybe that was the case, but I don't care because I want to know that I went all out. And, and I don't want to, to live this life thinking that having any sort of what if, or like, man, if I would have just spoken to that other person, or if I would have just stepped out in faith on that idea, because some of you guys, I know, I know some of you listening to this have actually had an idea. And then two or three later, two or three years later, you see that idea on television or it pops up on your ad and you're like, I had that idea. I know. Hit me in the DMs. If some of you have had that happen to you, because I, I've personally have, have experienced that. And it's like, oh man, 
But what if I would have taken action on that? Would there be another comma in my bank account? Would there be another, you know, 300 people that have been, you know, impacted or whatever that number is, but it all comes down to, are you going to take action? Are you going to get into the game here and actually play this thing, but not just like, you know, try it. So many, so many Christians try things. It's it's an automatic fail automatic fail, man. It's actually preloading an excuse. Cause then you could say, at least I tried. Well, you said something, you said, what if it works? And that's actually, it's, it, I, I just caught that language pattern because mm. you're a high achiever. That's how you think you're hired to think. Most people are programmed to think, what if I, what if it doesn't work? What if it does, but yeah. what if it does work? Yeah. I don't want to hire an employee. Cause what if they quit? Well, what if they stay? Right. I don't want to fire a bad employee because what if I can't find another one? Right. Well, what like you got to look at both sides of the coin. And what if it does work? I I just think that's. Yes. Important because. You know, it says that it rains on the just and the unjust alike, like good, bad things do happen to good people. It happens. Right. Um, Who cares? You know, it's all going to burn. It's all going to it's all for the, the glory of the king. All of it is vanity. You know, Solomon, the wisest man in the history of the world, right? He does all this stuff. And you just just read the the very last paragraph or two in Ecclesiastes. He's like, here's the conclusion of the matter. Now, he's summarizing decades of decadence and tasting and testing and doing this and 700 concubines and, and also being godly, too. He's done, like, all the good, all the bad, all the everything. He said, at the end of the day, here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and obey his commandments <laughs> Yes, like from dust to dust, right? We're made out of dirt. We're the dirt people. I think that's why angels look at mankind and like, seriously, this is in your image, right? Dirt, right. And they're these like mega creatures with like interdimensional abilities and stuff. And we're just the dirt people wandering around, you know, so good. So funny. That's so good. <laughs> A friend of mine calls dollars certificates of good deeds. Mm. And I love that because that's almost always what it is. I mean, if you're if you're a drug dealer, that's not good. Uh, but your customers, still, <laughs> I guess it still is a certificate of good deed, right? But the idea is like funny comes when you create value, when you scratch an itch, when you solve a problem. That's all that this is. That's all that business is, is problem solving for each other. And when yeah. someone will happily exchange the money in the pocket for the solution that you have in your pocket, not only will they give you the money, they'll say thank you and give you the money, right? And so the money that you get, the profit you make is evidence of the good that you've done in the world. My kids, I have five kids. Can you believe that? We have a whole herd over here. But when they see a nice car or a beautiful home on the beach, they say, dad, look at how much value that guy created. It's a thing, like since they were little. Because is there the off chance that he embezzled money and is a thief and he won the lottery? Yeah. But that's like the 1% of the time. You know, most people that build wealth do it by being value creators. 80% of all modern millionaires are first generation. At, in 2021, the just a year after COVID, 6,800 people per day, which is over 2.5 million people just in the United States in that year became millionaires. 80% first generation. Did they do it? They all tricked everybody? No, some did. Right. And there'll be, you know, recompense for that. Mm-hmm. But it's because they invented things, they created things, they took risks. They were willing to be bad at something so they could be good at something. They put themselves out there. And if we agree that money is an amplifier, and who would you become 
if you had more resources? Well, the answer is more of what you already are. Are you a good tipper? Are you a selfish jerk that pretends to be a Christian? Are you wicked in your heart? Are you a cold person, but you listen to podcasts to pretend like you're getting smart? Then you'll just be worse with money. And if you are a contrite person who is who genuinely loves people imperfectly, but you love people and you want to honor God, all the money is going to do is amplify. It's a reward. It's a certificate of good deeds. So good, man. So good, dude. Um, I can't agree more with that. It, it really is epic. It, and I, let's, I, I think we've been going for a minute now. I want to do some, some additional episodes with you, which we're going to be doing that guys. Just so you guys know, we have some incredible things in store coming out here within the King's council community. And those even that are, that are partaking, partaking with us on more, intimate level in the coaching programs that we have. Josh Latimer is, has come on, has come on board and he, man, he provides such value to the entrepreneur. And we talked about mindset, but I think one of the most incredible things is like the systems and the processes that you have developed, man, and that you implement to take any business from you know, from a hundred bucks to, or from 1 million bucks to 10 million bucks, it's, there's a system and there's a process that takes place and rushing to one or the other isn't inevitably his ends poorly. Right. But there's these processes in place. And so if it's cool with you, I would love to do uh, just on how you kind of talked about bringing value to the marketplace. Right. And even in, in 2020 and when, our businesses, for the most part, a lot of what Scott Thomas and I have built was doing dinner seminars in restaurants. So we gathered large groups of people in places that they eat. So we were affected slightly in March of, of 2020, right? But as any entrepreneur, I can be the victim and I can be like, well, what are you going to do? You know, I'm just going to sit back and, and pray about it and, and wait on, on God in this situation. Or I can look at the evilness that was actually in control. And I can start to look with my head on a swivel, look for opportunities now that are, are developing because of the situations, because of the circumstances. You looking is you acting out your faith. Yes, absolutely. Bad, but let me ask you this. If prayer is is the way to get results, the only, well, let me reward that so people don't have a panic attack. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is David, why didn't he pray that Goliath had a heart attack? <laughs> That's a great question. Why didn't he pray that God struck him with a lightning bolt? Why did he pick up a stone and throw it, right? And, and, and by doing so was the ultimate act of faith, right? Mm. His risk exposure you know, through the eyes of the world was very big. I mean, when he let go of that rock, it was like, hopefully it works or I'm going to die. Right. <laughs> right. A business idea isn't to that extreme of a level, right? Like you're not going to die if your business fails. I mean, good grief. Yeah. Uh, but I love that, you know, cause people sat down, they panic and they pray. We need to be praying without ceasing. Exactly. We need to go do stuff while we still pray. Right. Yes. Important. Yes, because this is, but, this is why you are what you are, why you're successful is because of what you're describing. And people don't behave that way. They shut down and stick their head. They 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 escape. You know, net. There's you ever heard of stocks that are what is it called? 
I can't remember the phrase it's called in stock, but certain stocks go up when the economy's bad, right? Like entertainment, liquor, tobacco, things. Sure. Yep. They, they, they crush it when everybody's freaked out, right? And I think prayer goes up when everybody's freaked out, right? Sure. But does action go up? I don't think so, but it should. Mm-hmm. need to be taking imperfect, messy, flawed, but heart in the right place action while we're Yes. Back. Yes, absolutely, man. Exactly. Interjected. Go go ahead. But no, that's exactly what 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 I did is I I was head on a swivel. I'm like, all right, what are the next? What what are some opportunities here? I'd been on the brink of like starting a podcast. I was like, well, I got some time, and I started the sales conversion podcast with still a vision of like, okay, what what do I have to offer? What value can I provide? And I did like 80 some episodes over a six month period. I mean, it was stupid. These were all guests that I had on. So I made such incredible connections that over that six month period, I'd actually done seven figures in business just by looking for an opportunity based upon the circumstances that were in the marketplace. Like I I could only control in all of you. You can only control what you can control. Okay, your circumstances and, and what's happening in the world, for the most part, it's like it's going to happen. Okay, so your response to it is going to be the determinant of if if you're going to you know rise up to the occasion or you're going to just sit back and buckle and and go turn on CNN, right? And and we know how how all of that ends. And so what I was wanting to really say is is that you, Josh, are incredible at taking maybe an idea or a concept and then determining like, is there value in this? Can we establish value here to take it to the marketplace? Can we package this? Cause I think there are some listeners that, that enjoy our content and maybe get motivated. They get excited. And then we, they press stop on this podcast and they, then they're like, I don't know what, what do I do now? I, like I want to take action. I just don't know how I just don't know where I should maybe take the next step or where, what I should fail in first, because your first business, I promise you will not be your last business. Can, am I right, Josh? How many businesses do you think that you've actually started in your, your career so far? Oh gosh. Probably <laughs> 20, probably 20. Okay. Yeah. How few. many of them actually crushed it? Did all of them come out the gates, six, seven figure earners? No, no. I've exited four okay. and I still operate a couple. So all the rest of them, we don't talk about those ones, right? We don't talk about it, right? <laughs> but with where I learned, you know, you learned yeah. something else. Yeah. Yeah. Cause without those, you wouldn't have exited for, right? You wouldn't have had the two that you're still operating because you learned something from that and you took that into the next business. And and I can promise you what you're doing right now is they're not your last ones either. Right. And that's the fun part. That's the exciting journey of entrepreneurship. Right. So just if you guys can accept that and understand, like, this is a, a, a lifestyle. This is a, this is something that when you, when you go all in on this thing, especially with Jesus as your Lord, not just as your savior, but like you go all into this, I can promise you there is nothing more rewarding, more fun, but more frustrating. And, and just like, it can be the most like painful experiences as well. Cause I'm not going to sales pitch you on this. This is like real life. You're going to step into this, a battlefield, but when you've made the commitment where you're no longer going to try it, but you are in training to do it, everything that you do, you commit to this lifestyle of training, getting rid of this trying mindset. There's you can't not succeed. You can't not 
if that is your mindset that you you have going into this thing. But you, the only way that you're going to continue to get up and do this thing over and over and over again is by getting yourself in rooms of like minded people that that have gone there before you, but that also are doing it with you right alongside that are like, yeah, today sucked, man. But tomorrow's another day or today was awesome. And you get to celebrate that and you get to pick somebody else that had a terrible day. That's the point of community and what we're building within the King's council, that this culture that has been created over the past couple of years and what, Josh, you're bringing to the table here as we move forward here, man, we are just, just getting started. And on our next episode, dude, can we dive into like understanding like what value is and providing that to the marketplace? So people really truly know that you don't have to like invent something brand new, right? You don't have to be like this wizard of Oz of that's just like, Oh, I've got this new app, right? No, no, no. It could be that, but it doesn't have to be most people. Again, your first business is not your last business and you're going to get better and better at this thing, but you just got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. The good news is that most small business owners are terrible. And so the people you're going to ultimately compete with are kind of asleep at the wheel. And that means so opportunity for you. It's you don't have to be seven foot two in a sea of five foot 10 people to stand out. You need to be five foot 11, right? So there's these little things you can stack to separate and give yourself advantages. It depends on the business. I'd be happy to talk about systems or structure, or maybe we talk about how to not try stuff anymore. You know, if you, yeah. study, if you study the etymology of the word decision, you can break it down to the root word decide. Of course, that word, if you break it, if we talked about this before, but, you know, I heard this from Myron Golden first, but the word decide, the suffix, the, the last four letters, C-I-D-E, side, mm-hmm. where do we hear that? that suffix in other words we hear homicide suicide pesticide herbicide it means to cut or to kill that's what it means so the point being a real decision means you're all in baby it means the boats are on fire that you've cut off all other options right you've killed other options that's what it means and so the biggest thing that's missing is people haven't decided to actually go for it and can i say one more tiny thing please man there's a bestseller at Hobby Lobby. It's this little plaque. All the all the blonde, middle-aged white ladies just love to hang it on their farmhouse in their barn dominion. <laughs> it says, you know, commit your plans to the Lord and he will establish them. It's this cute little thing that we throw on our wall to make us feel warm and fuzzy. But yep. it's a three-step promise, a formula, a system guaranteeing your success from God. Now, it's not easy, but it's guaranteed. The first two steps, God doesn't even get involved. He shows up to establish it at the end. But first, you have to commit and have a plan. People Mm -hmm. misunderstand what that means. Commitment means running in perpetuity with no expectation as to how long it's supposed to take into the darkness just as fast as you can. Commitment means you've made a decision. You've cut off. Commitment doesn't mean you stip your toe in the water and you try it out. Commitment doesn't mean you join a little MLM while working your job and you sort of email your five friends from high school and get them to sign up. That's not you being an entrepreneur. Commitment means you do it for real and it's scary. And so that's number one. Number two, you have to have a plan. It doesn't say you have to have a perfect plan, but you, a plan has to exist. You could use crayons and construction paper. If that's the very the very best you can do, then that will be acceptable, right? Those two things have to be in motion, and then God automatically shows up. That's why a lot of our success doesn't even make logical sense. And I know, Riley, you can attest to this. 
we <clears throat> sometimes think get too big for our britches or think we're really great, but really what's happening is we step out in faith and do impossibly crazy things that other people think is crazy. And then God meets us in that spot. And right when it's about to fall apart, it doesn't. And right when it's about to, it, it does more than we thought. And, and he, we have favor and blessing because we're in motion. Not because we're better or good or have more Bible verses memorized. It's because God has to honor his word. And when he says mm-hmm. he'll establish it, if I'm committed to my plan, I'm going to have a goofy plan. I'm running, jumping off the cliff, trusting God. It's going to be okay. So I thought that'd be a good closing thought. Good, man. I think the biggest thing is that it starts with us. God's not going to establish it unless you commit. Then develop some plans, whatever that is, and then he will honor his word, man. I love that. So good. Another another bomb that you just dropped there, man. We got a lot of ground to cover because I do have a sense of urgency, like you said before. We got to hurry up. We got to get yeah. to start riding it. There's yes. stuff fun. You know, I want to fund people that walk in the power of God. I want to fund, fund what I call bug eaters. We need to fund people that work in the deliverance ministry, that flow in the gifts, that can give prophetic words to strangers in gas stations and parking lots. We need to equip and deploy these people. Yes. To be a kingdom entrepreneur, we got to buy the plane tickets. I can't yes. sit in the jungle and feed the baby, but I can buy the plane tickets to build the orphanage, right? Like there's things we can do. If I'm the earlobe in the body of Christ, someone else is the toe. That's great. I'm happy to be an earlobe. I just want to get that lane and hurry up and do what we can while we can. Yes. The number one enemy of every vision is lack of provision. And that truly is at the heart of what the King's Council has been founded on and what we are going to continue to carry this mantle forward with. So if that is you, if you are an entrepreneur or you you a wantrepreneur, right? You just got to get around these thoughts, the, the, this, this mindsets of these, this understanding, these new principles, these ways of thinking that are big biblical kingdom minded principles, then text the word King K I N G to seven, two, seven, four, seven, two, three, eight, six, zero, and get involved with this community. At the very least, join our Facebook group and start to partake again, commit Establish some plans on the way, and God will establish those steps. Josh Latimer, the first of many podcasts together, brother. I love you, man. Thanks for being on the show. Love you, brother. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody. Hey, guys, if you're digging our content and want more, then join our community at joinkingscouncil.com or simply text the word KING to 727-472-3860.